Hey, what's up, guys? Jake Steele, ironandsteel.com. This is podcast episode number 36. Currently sitting in the driver's seat of a 44 convertible. Freezing my balls off. I'm down here in my shop. I don't know why. I don't know what the fuck my problem is. I had this big idea that uh, I would like uh, have this change of scenery and, um, you know, it might be fun to record this podcast down in the shop rather than uh, in the house. And anyway, I, I'm not a smart guy, so I neglected to turn the heat on before I made my way down here and um, didn't allot myself a huge amount of time to get this thing recorded this week anyway. So needless to say, it's cold in this shop and I don't have time to like turn the heat on and then <laughs> revisit this in a couple hours when it's warm out here. I also can't run the heat while I'm recording this because the thing's loud and it would be annoying and so yeah it is a um bit of a shit show and i hope everybody feels really sorry for me and my pain comes through in my voice and everybody knows how cold i am that's just a very sad scenario uh in all seriousness i've got a great a great story to read you guys this week uh this is another reader listener story brian nunez sent this in uh, you'll remember Brian actually sent another story in a couple of months ago. It was called The Best Burger Ever. That was a podcast episode, I don't know, five, six, seven episodes ago. That's uh, also on the website. You can go there and check that story out for yourself. But uh, when he sent it through, he mentioned at the time that he had another story that he was working on and uh, would get it to me when he could. And uh, he did do that. It is called Ignorance is Bliss. And I read the story and I thought, that's fucking great. So here we are. That's the story I'm going to read you uh, this week. It's about a car that he's building. It's a 32 Ford Roadster. And uh, the way that he wrote it is, it's great. It just, it reads well. It presents well. It's a good story. And uh, it was a lot of fun to read it. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. So on that subject, starting to sound like a broken record, but uh, you guys, if you have your own stories, send them through. Uh, Jake at ironandsteel.com is my email address. And the only requirements are that the story is somehow old car related. And that's the only requirement. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Old car related stories. Uh, if it's a story that's important to you, it doesn't matter how small or trivial it might seem. Um, there's so many great stories out there. Just uh, I want to get them told. I want to do my part to tell as many of your stories as I possibly can. So again, just, just sit down take a few minutes and punch it out and send it through. And, uh, I'll read it here on this podcast. If you have photos to include along with the story, that's great. Feel free, send them through as well. And, uh, in that case, I will put it on the website and, uh, publish it as like an article, traditional, uh, article format. But, uh, if you don't have photos, uh, that's fine too. Just send me the story at the very least. I'll read it on this podcast and, uh, yeah, I want to tell as many of your stories as I possibly can. I've received quite a few up to this point already. And I got to tell you, they're all fucking great. So the thing is like, you guys don't get hung up on, you know, if you're not a great writer or, um, not a great storyteller or whatever, that's not hugely important. The most important thing is to get the stories told. So do your best, you know, sit down. And when you type this shit out, like 
you know, try to use paragraphs and sentences and grammar and, you know, the basic things, right? So that it's at least palatable. But, um, you know, I can sit down and edit it and make it so it's, you know, kind of more streamlined or whatever if need be. Uh, that said, almost every story that I've received up to this point, I haven't had to edit like at all. So that's kind of part of the, I guess, charm of some of these stories is that these are, we're just, we're not reinventing anything. We're just, uh, the stakes aren't very high. Like we're just telling hot rod stories, right? So not every one of them has to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the most interesting story or most well-written story, I guess I should say, in the entire world. Um, it doesn't have to be fantastic to make a great story, right? Like it doesn't have to be, you know, perfectly um, formatted and like, you know, everything be perfect. Like th these are just regular people's stories and that's the fun part about telling them. So yeah, don't be weird about it. Don't get all self-conscious about like, um, you know, not being a good writer or whatever just uh just fucking hammer it out man send it in at the very least i'll read it on the podcast and uh like i said if you include photos i'll put it on the website so get that going jake at ironandsteel.com i have quite a few in the kind of in the hopper already but i want to get just a nice big pile of uh your guys' stories just kind of at the ready so that uh we can get them told and if it's short that's fine too um, you know, we can read multiple stories. Uh, we can do, there's a whole bunch of shit. So don't think about it too hard. Just sit down, punch it out, send it in. All right. So I'm going to read you Brian's story, uh, this week it's called ignorance is bliss. And, uh, it's a super cool story. I hope you guys really enjoy it as much as I did. And, uh, when we get through with that, I will, uh, I'll hammer through a list of, uh, Q and a, questions and topics that have come through in the last week or so and uh that'll be it and then we'll say our goodbyes and you can cry 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 for seven days until we speak again all right the cold's starting to get to me down here let's get to the story it's called ignorance is bliss and here we go All right, guys, here we go. This is Brian's story. It's called Ignorance is Bliss. And uh, per usual, my weekly disclaimer, relax. I'm just reading this straight off my phone, scrolling through my website, reading this article aloud as I go. So cut me some slack if I stumble over a word or, you know, mispronounce something or whatever. Just uh, the stakes are low, low key, low competency, you name it. That's the program here. Okay. <laughs> Here's what Brian has to say. I've been asked where my love for early Fords comes from, especially since the majority of my vehicles are actually Chevrolets. My response is that it happened in stages. I grew up with a mother who worked graveyard shifts, which meant my father cared for us at night. That meant that we got to hang out at local cruise nights in the Los Angeles area. That sounds awesome. The street rod scene was in full force during this time, and as a kid, I simply loved the cartoon look of the full fender early Ford with billet wheels, excessive chrome, and rad colors like pink, teal, candy red, 
you get the picture. And of course, as I got older, I considered myself a real car guy, since all I watched was speed TV and discovery shows like Overhaulin, Monster Garage, Orange County Choppers, you name it. My teenage years prepared me for a high school auto shop class taught by a great teacher named Mr. Kalupa, who understood and appreciated the hot rod and custom car scene. And as part of his curriculum, made us watch American Graffiti. After watching that movie, I started to feel like I was born in the wrong era. I also made the connection that the high school kids portrayed in that movie were the baby boomers now responsible for the street rod phase. Although their tucked in shirts and New Balance sneakers looked funny to me, I envied these same guys for being part of those early day, early day gatherings at El Mirage or Bonneville. I was 24 when I discovered the Bob McGee Roadster and the documentary created by Haggerty, which by the way, I linked, uh, there's a link in the article straight to that video and it's worth watching super cool uh, at the time I was mentally and financially primed for a project car and that 21 minute documentary was all it took for me to want a, a 32 Ford Roadster during my search I quickly discovered the cost associated with building a 32 Ford one solution was a fiberglass build which I considered buying an abandoned project for $5,800, but since at the time I didn't have a place to work, to work on a full build, I passed. Months later, I came across a drivable fiberglass roadster for $17,000, but for some reason it just didn't feel right. And I made up my mind that I had to have a steel body. My search continued. I told myself it will happen someday when the time is right. It was now September 2020. I'm 28 and one Saturday I was hanging out on the couch at my brother's house when an offer up notification came up for a 32 Ford all steel complete project. I sent a message asking if it was available to see I got a response almost immediately saying, yes, I'm open tomorrow. I looked at my brother and jokingly said, well, looks like my Sunday just got expensive. And after that, after I said that, it felt right. You know, kind of that follow your gut feeling. Yes, I do know exactly what you mean. Uh, he goes on to say, the next day, my girlfriend and I loaded up with our young pup, Patina, and headed out to what ended up being Baldi's in Montclair, California. Darren, the owner, opened the door to see me walking up, and I immediately got the, damn it, it's a kid, look. I know that look as well, although I get it less frequently these days, it seems. It definitely deflated his hopes of selling the car that day. After he sized me up, he looked at my truck and saw my girlfriend and the pup. And just like it said in the A Nod to Man's Best Friend episode, which was a podcast and uh, podcast in an article from a few months ago where uh, I wrote an article about 
man's best friend and hot rods and the relationship between the two i guess and uh, in that article <clears throat> excuse me i included a whole bunch of photos from you guys uh patina the dog that he mentions uh in this story i believe was one of them and uh you can check it out for yourself but uh anyway and just like it said in the a nod to bet a nod to man's best friend episode the one thing that seems to be the universal tough guy kryptonite is dogs and suddenly his i don't need to put up with anyone's shit look turned into a welcome in and a quick tour of his shop toward the end of the tour darren explained that he was looking to make some room in his shop for a potential lot of vehicles that he was hopefully going to purchase the first car to get rid of was this brookville body with a blank chassis and shelves of parts that he had purchased but knew that he would never use now i'm not well off by any means but i have always been good at saving money and hustling to get the things that i wanted the price tag was twenty thousand twenty one thousand five hundred which was about the value of all the parts but not necessarily a great deal it would be a huge hit to my savings not to mention the car was going to need another twenty thousand dollars in years of work before i actually got to drive it being the most amount of money i had ever considered spending i quickly felt overwhelmed and felt like making this purchase during a home remodel was a mistake <laughs> Welcome to my world. Darren was great and said, look, I need to get something done in the office. Why don't you take some time to think about it? With that, he walked away and I looked at my girlfriend and she must have seen the doubt on my face. She looked at me and said, do it. It's something you wanted for a long time. And if it's about money, we'll figure it out. That was the support I needed. Darren came back, we struck a deal, and I gave him a $500 deposit. A few days later, we loaded up his trailer with the body and frame and loaded my truck with the boxes of parts. Once delivered, I literally slept for about four hours total over the next three days. Not because I started building it immediately, but because I could not shake off this feeling of regret for spending that amount of money. <laughs> You'll get over that, buddy. <laughs> People who didn't know much about cars were shocked that I'd spent that much for a non-running car. And people who knew about cars looked at me and said things like, uh, cool, good luck. With this look of like, yeah, you're in over your head. Now, I'm usually good about turning people's doubt into fuel for my ambition, but this time I started thinking that maybe they were right. On the third sleepless night, I decided to write down my feelings, maybe make a plan of attack, pros and cons, anything, in hopes to find peace and get some sleep. Minutes later, I recalled a list of goals that I had made years ago. It had a vision of what I wanted in my life. I came to realize that everything on this list was completed, or at least in progress, except 
for this one last thing, building a hot rod. After that, I slept like a baby. I spent the next month organizing and Googling the parts that I had. I would compare my parts to the roadsters that flooded the images tab on Google. I paid attention to all the subtle differences in the headlights, the wheels, tires, engine setups, interiors, you name it. I found out that I loved 50s era cars, but I also loved the cheater slick 60s, but man, do those pre-war and post-war cars get me going too. I quickly realized that I was getting paralyzed by my own ambition, so I decided to start building what I had to get the ball rolling. First, I mounted the doors. Then I set, set the trunk lid on top of the body. Screw it, I thought. The windshield frame should be easy enough to put on. Man, it felt like this build was going to be a breeze. This thing is just an expensive go-kart, is what I told myself. Well, I was right about the expensive part, but... <laughs> not about it being a breeze. I consider myself a hell of a Google researcher, but I quickly found myself overwhelmed by the amount of crappy information, minimal YouTube videos, outdated websites, you name it. I ended up buying two books, Street Rotter, A Guide to Building a 1932 Ford, and How to Build a Traditional Ford Hot Rod. It would be almost two months in two months later in November, after hours of research and planning, I finally worked up the courage to officially start the build. I started by prepping the original wishbones for bungs, and that's when the shopping spree began. I started looking for a set of bungs and ended up taking advantage of Black Friday deals and buying a nine inch rear end wheels, tires, and a bunch of other miscellaneous things that I needed to get the chassis and suspension mocked up. I went to every swap meet with a list of non-critical parts I would eventually need and would buy them if the price was right. As the months passed, I would get to a new step of the build and continued to search for all the right answers I was looking for for all the right answers. I was looking for the right way of doing things, asking people for their input and for their opinions. One thing I will say is that the hot rod community, especially on Instagram, has been very helpful and supportive. And after multiple conversations with many people, I discovered one thing. There is certainly a wrong way of doing a thing, but there are many ways of doing one thing right. At that point, I felt like a quote, real hot rodder. So it's now January of 2023. The first phase of this project is done. It's 100% mocked up and being taken apart for final welding. Next is the start of the second phase, which is an unpainted assembly of the car. So it can hit the road and so that I can fix any kinks. I really want to see what kind of character the car has and change its style accordingly. 
definitely a fan of that idea. I'm a firm believer that uh, the car will tell you what it wants, which sounds silly, but it's true. Brian goes on to say, the goal is to enjoy the car this summer, and if all things line up, I might even enter it to the Race of Gentlemen West in April, but don't hold me to that. My day job has me traveling a lot until the middle of March, not to mention I'm trying to get a new website, calirod.com, off the ground, but that is another story. The point is this, ignorance is bliss. If you want to get things done, stop worrying about what you don't know and continue to do the things you do know. You might just find yourself on the journey and accomplishing things that your seven-year-old self would be proud of. Awesome story, Brian. Thank you. All right, guys, there you have it. That was Ignorance is Bliss. Again, Brian Nunez, thank you so much for sending that through. Uh, you guys, you can check that story out for yourself on the website, ironandsteel.com. And uh, you can see the photos that Brian included along with the story. Kind of ties everything all together. While you're there, you can check out the last story that he sent in uh, a couple of months ago. It's also on the site, uh, probably first or second page. It's called The Best Burger Ever. And uh, yeah, I thought that was a great story. I, that's kind of like the fun part about this whole thing is these stories are all so different. Uh, you know, the way people, first of all, people's life experiences are different, right? And I, I just feel like it's interesting to hear about people's stories and kind of figure out what makes them tick and, you know, the experiences that they've had and just, it's interesting. So it's cool because the feel of all these different stories is so much different. And I just think uh, it helps kind of keep things interesting. And uh, every one of these stories is great in their own way. And uh, I think it's bitching. So again, you guys, if you have your own stories, send them through Jake at ironandsteel.com and uh, we'll get them told. Thank you again, Brian. Really do appreciate that. And uh, if you have another story you want to tell, send it through. I'll read anything that you write. So. All right, so let's blast through some Q&A. I have a few questions, comments, and topics and things that have come through in the last week or so. We'll get through that, and then we're going to button this bitch up. All right. Oh, yes. So here we go. My little list here. Uh, the first one was just kind of a comment. It just says, um, hey, I wanted to say thank you for this podcast. I really like the format and how easy it is to listen to. It has really improved my drive to and from work. That's great. Thank you. So I remember <laughs> the last like actual working for someone else job that I had. I quit that job like, uh, I don't know, it's been probably, fuck, I don't know, five years, six years or so maybe since I quit that. And uh, that particular job was like an hour I had the commute was like an hour in and then the traffic was because of where it was and the way that traffic flows and all this stuff it was an hour in and then like almost two hours back because of traffic and I just remember being like <laughs> it was one and you know it was like a 12 hour a day job 
and oftentimes six days a week and you know on call like just a shit show but the thing that i dreaded the absolute most about that was the commute it wasn't it wasn't just like the shitty job and like being there for long hours is that fucking commute so i totally get it uh i didn't at that time you know i don't think i even listened to podcasts i i don't i don't know what i did just like grit my teeth and punch people in the face and a lot of road rage a lot of bullshit i didn't uh yeah i didn't look forward to that part of my day uh ever and so it's a shitty way to start your day if you don't have anything to look forward to driving into work and so i can certainly appreciate when somebody says um, that they listen to it on the way to work and enjoy it and stuff so anyway I'm rambling, but the point is, thank you for that nice comment. I, uh, I do definitely empathize with, uh, people that have shitty drives and commutes to work. So if I can help, that's great. Um, uh, boy, I hope this was tongue in cheek. Who do you have for the Super Bowl? <laughs> Fuck off. So, um, I couldn't really, really, I, I don't even know who was playing in the Super Bowl. I probably couldn't name five NFL teams. So, yeah, I couldn't give a score to piss about who, whatever, fucking sports ball. Yeah, I, it's, it's actually Sunday right now at the time that I'm recording this, <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday, and the only way that I knew it was going on, like I knew it was coming because I heard people grumbling about it or whatever, and, uh, but the only reason I realized that it was today was because there was like hardly anybody on the road, but then I realized because I took a, a couple of cars out for extended like drives because it was a nice day. But I realized one, there wasn't really anybody on the road, but two, the people that were on the road were fucking like a hundred percent hammered. <laughs> so yeah, it makes it interesting. Uh, especially out here in the country, I was fucking just dodging drunk ass hillbillies right and left. So, uh, who do you have for the Super Bowl? Fuck off. Um, the next question was what is, I liked this question. I thought that was interesting. Uh, what's your take on people charging subscriptions on Instagram? Interesting. So, um, that's kind of a phenomenon that I've barely noticed or paid attention to. I did start seeing people kind of like, you know, pitching, you know, follow me for, <laughs> Sub subscribers, you know, two bucks a month or whatever it is, follow me for like exclusive content or whatever. Like I, I don't know. I think my take on it is it depends on, it depends on who the, who the account is. Like, uh, I don't know the guy's name, uh, Cornfield Customs. Uh, I don't recall his name. I don't know him, but, uh, as an example, he started doing that and it's not much it's you know a dollar or two or whatever to subscribe and i haven't done it yet but i don't have any problem doing that in that instance because he's providing real substance like uh if you don't follow his account number one you should uh just to check out what he's doing wildly talented guy uh fabricator <clears throat> builder fabricator guy and so you know, he started pitching like subscription stuff. I can only, like I said, I, I'm not a subscriber, but I can only guess that the things that subscribers are seeing are like 
more in-depth, you know, tips and, um, you know, more of a glimpse into his kind of his craft. And so in that, I guess what I'm getting at is in that particular instance or similar cases, I can see the value in that. So I don't have any problem with that. And really that's something that people should be charging for. If you have something that um, is adding value or, you know, you're a skilled tradesman and you want to share, you know, take the time out of your day to share certain things uh, related to your craft, then you should be paid for that. Now, if you want to charge me two bucks a month or whatever to watch you pull fucking shitty cars out of blackberry bushes and be like, hey, check out my YouTube, like, not interested in that shit. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, It seemed like everybody kind of came on strong with that. I saw a bunch of fucking, like, you know, dillweeds trying to, like, jump on that, like, just, just like normal people, you know, like, hey, will you pay me two bucks a month? It's like, no. And so I've seen people, I saw like a push for that. And now I'm seeing a lot less people even mentioning it, but, uh, I don't, I guess the short version is I don't have a problem with, uh, people charging subscriptions. If they're, you know, if they're bringing something that's valuable, they should be paid for that. So, uh, in almost every other case though, I think it's just, uh, just a waste of time. You should start in only fans or something. Um, dream show car or dream race car is the question you know it's such a tough thing i think um i think if i could just do whatever i wanted really the orange crate would have been it's kind of kind of both of those so if i were dreaming about a car a show car or a race car um i think it would be like if i could just have whatever i wanted it would probably be the orange crate and uh yeah i think i don't know that kind of encompasses both of those uh themes but uh yeah orange crate i think if i'm put on the spot um would be my choice and it just sold here pretty recently uh, most of you know that uh steve gilligan owned that car for a long time he did just sell it and uh, went to a big collection and it's in good hands but uh Believe me, there were a few nights where I laid awake like, all right, so if I sold every fucking thing that I own <laughs> and wanted to get a divorce, um, I could probably buy that car and just sleep in it. Uh, the next question was, is the hot rod scene shifting? I have no fucking idea what you mean by that. Um, I have noticed that um, the cars that people consider being, quote, old cars seem to be getting newer so as an example you know i'm into 30s fords uh pretty much not exclusively but for as a general rule um ford cars from the 30s are kind of my deal it's what i like um and i drive one pretty much every day if it's not pouring rain or you know snowing or whatever icy you know i'll drive one of these clunkers around uh, like I said, I live in kind of a rural area, so, you know, I don't encounter quite as many people as I would if I lived in the city, but I've noticed this trend of like, when I drive something like this, uh, like a, you know, 36 Ford or whatever, not that I care because this is, you know, it's for me and I don't really care what other people think, but I have noticed over the last few years that, uh, fewer and fewer people seem to like 
give a shit, which sounds weird, but uh, yeah, it just seems like, um, you know, not that I'm looking for it or anything, but it seems to me 10 years ago, more people would like make a point to, you know, wave at you or if you're stopped somewhere, talk to you about the car or ask questions or whatever. And now it just seems like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just, it just seems different. Now, I've also owned a few like uh, C10 trucks or whatever, and you know, 60s, 70s Ford and Chevy trucks that have come and gone that I've you know bought and sold, and you know some of them I've had for months at a time and driven around, and those on the other hand, uh, people will like fucking run you off the road to give you a thumbs up. So a good example was I had a uh, was it like a 77 or 78 uh, Ford truck. I mean, to me, this is like not a big deal truck at all. It was a short bit, but, and it had a little eyeball, but you know, it's just a fucking, a fucking farm truck. That's kind of how I thought about it. But man, I drove that thing around for a few weeks and especially out here in the sticks, I guess maybe that was part of it, but man, people just like lost their minds about this fucking ugly ass Ford truck. And you know, those same people, I could be driving a, you know, 36 or a 44 or whatever and they they couldn't really give a shit less so is the hot rod scene shifting i don't even know what that question means and <laughs> i don't know what that uh, tangent was all about so there you have it uh just curious if there is a patreon for this show or not i've heard some i've heard some mention to go there to contribute if they like the content I've never done that myself, but I would seriously consider it for this one. Thank you for telling people's stories. I think it's cool. Uh, no, I don't have a Patreon. I I barely know what a Patreon is. I've heard people mention it, and I can kind of put two and two together what it's all about. But uh, <clears throat> no, I don't have whatever that is. If you, The only thing you can do is buy a t-shirt if you want to support me in some way. There's a bunch of them on the website. So yeah, do I have Patreon? Uh, no. Uh, the next question was any advice for me? I want to get into writing for magazines. Uh, hurry up. (laughs) My, yeah, I guess in all seriousness, if I were offering advice to somebody that uh, was looking to get into that, um, I think it would be find something that makes money first because um, you're going to want to approach it as if it were a hobby uh, because it is. And the second part of that is going to be you're going to have to do more than just write articles for magazines, even if we're talking about, you know, online stuff, you know, blogs and all that stuff are great. Um, Fewer and fewer magazines every day, it seems like, right? Of course. So Yeah, you can't really just be a writer anymore. Unfortunately, you have to create content. That's the only reason that this podcast is here. So I'm not a, like I barely knew what a podcast was, uh, you know, five years ago or whatever. Like I'm not not really into that stuff, but uh, I started noticing that people kind of read less and less or have a uh, shrinking attention span, I guess. So you know, I guess if I were offering you advice, um, you're gonna have to figure out other things to do. 
figure out a way to create content that people are going to want to consume. And unfortunately, just sitting down at a computer and punching something out isn't the answer anymore. Um, you can't just write articles. You've got to create content in some way. So that would be my advice to you. Uh, should I hop up the banger engine in my Model A or V8 swap with a flathead or an early small block? Um, I don't know, man. It seems kind of pointless to hop up a banger. <laughs> like, I've had hot bangers in the past. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Like, this stuff is all just kind of a novelty, right? We're not, you know, the fastest car that I, the fastest, I guess, flathead car that I have. I've got a Ford Ranger that is probably twice as fast. <laughs> so it's just like a little farm truck. But, uh, you know, the point, I guess, is not, we're not going to be like setting world records for speed in these cars. So I would just say do what you can afford and what you like. Um, maybe hop up the banger for now, drive it around, have some fun with it. And then, uh, you know, plan for a putting a flathead in it you know at some point in the future but uh yeah i've had bangers that were hopped up in the past you know cams and dual carbs and exhaust and you know high compression heads and all that shit and it's it's all bullshit i mean <laughs> you know you go from like 40 horsepower to like 60 you know like best case <laughs> and uh the further away from stock you get with a banger motor uh the less happy they seem to be <laughs> so Look, banger guys don't go shit in a brick. It's all fun and games. I like banger motors too, but uh, yeah, you're not going to be setting the world on fire for speed. So uh, should I hop up the banger or put a V8 in it? I don't know. Do whatever the fuck you want. Maybe hop up the banger and then uh, put a flathead in it, you know, in a year or two or whatever. So, all right, let's fucking call it. It's freezing out here. Uh, thank you guys again so much for listening. Thank you to Brian for sending that story through. And uh, you guys seriously punch out your own stories, send them over to me, jake at ironandsteel.com. I will read every single one you send me and uh, get me photos as well and I'll publish it on the website. All right. Fuck it. We're calling it right there. Thank you guys again so much. Uh, I'll speak to you again in exactly seven days. Peace. Do you like that? Peace. Peace.